The Mystery File Collective is intended for mature audiences. The following content may contain material that some people find triggering. If you feel disturbed by tales of murder, mystery, or myth, if you believe that they could traumatize you, we implore you to use your discretion before listening. This is a true story. Although what you are about to hear may seem outlandish, fictional, and insane, it all comes from someone who witnessed truly horrific encounters in his life that simply cannot be explained. You are about to hear the diary entries of a man labelled as mad, Someone who believed a monster haunted him all his life. Whether or not you believe everything Daniel Harley has to share in this testament, we assure you that the following may leave you feeling disturbed and terrified. So listen at your own risk. I am about to reveal to you one of history's darkest monsters to ever walk this green earth. It blends in with night-winged creatures high above. It flies among bats and ravens, seeking those unfortunate victims who befall tragedy. You may have already encountered this creature for yourself, for it is a crow that hangs near certain death waiting for men to fall to natural disaster. And once devastation hits, there the crow strikes, feasting upon those who barely cling to life, ending their lives in sorrow and suffering. We do not know where this crow manifested. We do not know why it preys upon the living or how it came into being. Only that it is an evil more ancient than the world you or I have ever known. For the first sightings of this mysterious creature have dated far back centuries. Historical reports of this beast stretch back to 79 AD, where witness reports first gave birth to this strange urban legend. A black crow, with eyes red with leaking blood, its bones poke out of its diseased flesh full of maggots and flies, as if itself had been dead for many months. Yet it seems to live and breathe, standing on one talon with wings wet and bloody. By all scientific reasoning and law, this bird should be deceased. However, it lives without suffering, stalking lost men and women or even children after natural disasters. 
It has been spotted even within places around the world where crows are not native or have never been seen before. Its witness accounts first appeared before and after one of the most horrifying tragedies to ever hit mankind. The eruption of Mount Vesuvius, which destroyed the Roman settlement of Pompeii, killing over 16,000 innocent people with its devastation in 79 AD. If the tales of this hideous, red-eyed crow are to be believed as true, the monstrous bird revealed itself hours before this disaster struck, almost as a portent of the horrors that were to come, a foreboding sign that death stalked the bustling city of Pompeii, and many would lose their lives. There are sightings of the undead crow flying over the rooftops of Pompeii, landing on top of buildings, watching the villagers from high above, whilst cawing at passers-by, its ghastly sight appearing dead yet living. Nobody had ever seen a crow before within this settlement, but it was a bird uncommon among Rome at this time. Its corpse-like diseased form would chase small children or pregnant women, striking them from behind before flying high up into the sky, its harsh core echoing wildly across the sky before it would shoot back down to terrorize another victim. Its death-like appearance disturbed many, as people were afraid to catch disease from such a horrifying creature so nobody dare go near it, not even the most bravest of warriors. The last anybody saw of this crow came before the eruption. It flew off, far into the northeast, towards Mount Vesuvius itself. Some tales say that settlers could see this strange bird fly around the top of the volcano moments before it exploded. After tragedy struck, the remains of Pompeii was but a ghostly ruin of burnt corpses and destroyed architecture. Black ash rained from high above, and the smoke which raised from the ground coated the area in a thick, ever-darkening mist. Those who managed to walk free from this disaster, relieved to be alive, did not last long either, as the crow would strike them down too, chasing anyone who wandered into its path, blinding them first by pecking out their eyes, pushing them to the ground, clawing at their jugular as if knowing how to murder a man before drinking their blood dry, picking apart their terrified dead faces until they were an unrecognizable mess of blood, gore and disfigured flesh. It has been documented that this crow seemed to enjoy cutting open its victim's stomachs with its pointed beak to feast upon their innards. It especially liked to eat intestines and livers. Some say it even drank the bladder of its victims. Lastly, it would devour the lungs or eyes like wet noodles before flying off to do the same to another corpse or dying victim. Imagine the feeling 
You're amazed to be alive. You're trapped on the rubble. And despite your injuries, you believe survival is possible if rescue comes soon. But then you hear a distant calling, a harsh, haunting shriek echoing around the cruel and unforgiving dark skies. This is closely followed by louder screams, human screams, and suddenly you feel an ungodly dread as an unknown evil approaches. The last thing you see before a slow, agonizing death is the sight of a bat-like creature with eyes red with a hellish fire. Its battered, diseased body wet, covered with fresh blood and gore, swooping down on you to claim your flesh. It's only intent to devour you and kill. When the Romans learned of this dark crow, many of whom speculated that this monster was sent down from the heavens by a vengeful god, a god who wished to punish the world's sin for crucifying Jesus Christ 79 years prior to this disaster. They believed this crow was as much of a warning as it was a taunting. Many others speculated that this creature was a demonic presence, spawned from hell searching for living souls to wreak havoc upon. Some believe the crow itself was responsible for somehow erupting the volcano upon the settlement of Pompeii, an evil act, so it could have fresh corpses to eat. People back then were far more superstitious than they are today, and some even believed this crow to be the embodiment of death itself the Grim Reaper taking form as an equally hideous bird-like creature to reap the souls that fate desired. Whatever these tales may say, the legend of the demonic crow was born. However, we cannot truly guess the reasons or origins of how or why this creature lingers upon us, and its hideous legend is to be found throughout the annals of time. Here is another terrifying tale from ancient history, a spine-chilling tale of horror that deepens the legend of this evil red-eyed crow. It was a cold, dark night in the year 1347 when the Mongolian army catapulted plague-infested corpses over the walls of the Black Sea port of Kaffa. They did this to spread the Black Death to their enemies in the first recorded use of biological warfare in history. In the hours before this despicable act was committed, a single corpse-like black crow, its diseased body studded with blood-red eyes, was spotted sitting upon the high walls of the port. 
It watched as passengers exited their boats and ships, its demonic eyes drinking them in. The accounts talk of how the people were disturbed to witness this strange and unfamiliar crow with its grotesque appearance and blood-stained body. Many could suddenly sense that an impending doom was coming close. Within hours, the Mongolian hordes had arrived, and soon after, the plague-ridden corpses were fired over the city walls and into their midst. They were green, blue, black from different stages of decomposition. Their sores were evident from the plague that had ruined their bodies. A full moon hung high above the screams of terror. The ungodly sight was like something out of a nightmare. The corpses crash-landed into the waters below filling it with disease, and most horrifying of all was the impact these corpses had against the hard stone walls and ground. The bodies splattered blood and guts upon travellers and townfolk alike. Some were knocked off their feet, falling and then drowning in the murky water that was soon brown with disgusting gore, maggots, and flies from the plague-infested corpses. Those most unlucky were the ones to survive the Mongolian attack unharmed. For the crow soon leaped to feast upon those that were injured. Those brave enough to fend the bird off had their flesh ripped to shreds by the death-like bird's supernatural strength. It's steel-like, razor-sharp beak ripping apart human flesh, dagger-like, without any struggle. It would swoop down from the sky, cawing harshly, as if attacked, sending the strongest of men hurtling to the ground, its talons ripping out eyes and slashing the flesh. To escape the portent of plague cast by the Mongolian horde, the entire seaport was quickly evacuated. In a scene of panic-filled fear, there was a stampede, with people running on top of each other and fights breaking out in a panic to escape. Many lost their lives. When the port was finally emptied, all that remained was the sight of hundreds of dead bodies scattered around the once beautiful seaport. Fire and smoke could be seen rising into the air, along with a single black crow eating the bloody remains that was left. Hours upon hours after the evacuation, the gleeful call of this monstrous crow could be heard for miles, haunting the gruesome silence of death and disease below. For many days after this tragedy, this very same crow could be spotted it flew high above Kaffa, spitting upon the villages that had decided to remain and were dwelling below, its spit spreading the plague faster and further, so it could feast upon even more of the dying or dead. Some tales say the cawing of this crow sounded almost like laughter as if this monster was aware of the chaos it was unleashing, that it did this sadistically, 
enjoying the sorrow it spread with devilish delight. The red-eyed crow had struck again, taking full advantage of the Mongolians' dirty tactics, bathing in the blood of their enemies. Many who survived this ordeal to tell the tale would speculate that the Mongolians had trained this bird to spread the Black Death on their behalf. Much like an eagle can be trained to deliver a handwritten message. The survivors of Kaffa believe this crow to be an omen of death. It was a monster of unnatural life. They did not truly know its nature. Just like the Romans of Pompeii. This corpse-like crow was a mystery they would never understand, nor forget. Before we move on to the journal accounts of Daniel Harley, it is important that you know that it is not only in ancient times where this crow has unleashed hell, for many have claimed to spot this very same creature in modern times too. It has been sighted after many disasters around the globe. Some have seen it feast upon dead airline passengers after a tragic plane crash. Soldiers have seen it fly high above, moments before a battle, an ambush or a bombing, only to see that very same crow feast upon their dead comrades. Some have tried to shoot the monster, but it reportedly flies with unnatural speed and agility, dodging a hail of bullets with ease. And this never ends well for the attacker, as the undead crow seemingly flies off, only to return hours later to attack and claw the shooter to death when they least expect it. The red-eyed crow has been spotted after many natural disasters, such as tsunamis, earthquakes, and devastating thunderstorms where it feasts upon the dead. Of course, many have claimed this is not one bird, but many crows of its kind, for the lifespan of a crow can never last centuries. Yet the distinctive description of the bird has remained the same since the days of Pompeii. Its distinctive form is unmistakable. Not only that it looks like a living corpse, but because of its blood-red eyes that weep tears of blood. The fact it only has one talon and has a supernatural strength so powerful it can rip apart a human in a matter of minutes. It could be possible that there are more crows of its kind. It could very well be the case that there are more of this distinctive bird. They have existed through the centuries and we do not fully understand what they are or where they come from. No. We find this difficult to believe. This is something far darker and sinister than that. This evil thing, this crow, it is not a mortal creature, but an entity that is undying 
an immortal hell beast living in a state that is completely alien to our understanding of biology or of the universe itself. The Mystery File Collective are inclined to believe that it comes to Earth with dark intentions. It could be from the heavens as the Romans of Pompeii believed, or more likely, risen from hell, sent here by the devil himself. Perhaps this crow is Satan, exploring our Earth in a hideous disguise, planning from the skies high above when to release devastation upon the innocence of the world for no reason other than to spread sorrow, agony, and terror across humanity. Perhaps it is Mother Nature herself, taking form as this crow to destroy what humanity has built, her own revenge against those who destroy her world, who rip down her tropical rainforests, only to build huge, ugly, concrete jungles in their place. Modern-day civilization, where the evil, arrogance, and greed of mankind dwells, committing crimes and causing nature-strangling pollution, destroying this once clean planet. Whatever the reason, or however much we speculate, this crow seems unnatural, if not supernatural. Maybe the red-eyed crow isn't even from Earth at all, but a shapeshifter from out of space, an agent of chaos from an unknown planet, sent here to put us in our place. Perhaps the crow could even be from another realm entirely. A place where vampires, werewolves and ghouls actually exist. There the crow is weak and pathetic, but here it is all-powerful and godlike. And there is always the possibility that we ourselves invented the monster. A murderous mythological bird from hell. Maybe it only exists in our minds, a mere myth, an urban legend, a shared vision of horror across all regions and time, something to blame to help justify the random and often cruel terror that is unleashed upon this world for no reason at all. Perhaps we need a villain to point at, to blame for it all, for humanity's sufferings. And this myth of an undead crow of zombie-like appearance is just that. Of course, the easy way out is to blame superstition and myth. But the Mystery File Collective believe this crow genuinely, truly exists. We would like to share with you the testimony that has been captured in the journal of a man named Daniel Harley. No more will I tell you of stories of myth and legend, ancient history that can't be proved by those that live today, or of the countless conspiracy theories that have popped up throughout the last century. I will tell you a true story, 
one that in all honesty I am afraid to discuss. This tale truly disturbs me, and I have suffered many night terrors since I first encountered it. Yet it is of the utmost importance that you hear it, for if you do not, you will never truly understand the true horrors that this foul creature is capable of. After hearing this story, you may be left disturbed, traumatized, but you will know how to avoid the worst of its horrors if ever you encounter this dark entity. So despite how hard this story will be for me to tell, I have a moral duty to do so. This is the account of Daniel Harley. He writes, My close encounter with the crow began in 1989. I was just a child when it first gazed upon me. You see, I had a sister. She was only seven at the time and I was ten. We used to play in our front row during the summer, playing sports like basketball, hockey and football. We had more fun than the children of today, for we liked exploring the countryside. We were social, and we enjoyed being active. Unlike the kids of today who sit around watching videos and playing games all day in their rooms. Although times were sweeter, the tragedy I am about to share with you would never have happened if this tale took place in modern day. I loved my sister, Julia, I really did. We were both young and innocent back then. The concept of death was alien to us. We knew nobody who had died, our grandparents still lived, and all we knew or thought of was filled with innocence. A world of cartoons and toys. Life truly was blissful. But it all went down. As soon as that damned, wretched crow showed up to destroy absolutely everything I had known or held sacred. It stole my childhood. And to this day, I wish revenge upon that foul creature. Alas, I am getting ahead of myself once again. Let me start at the beginning, where it all began. One day when me and my much-loved sister were playing with a couple of the other boys and girls from our road, a strange black bird landed and stood beside Julia. I was instinctively afraid for this creature as it looked hideous. Its eyes bled profusely, the feathers on it were filthy, and the crow stood on one talon. It appeared to be dead. Yet it still stood among us as if fully alive, despite the appearance of a living corpse. 
My sister was the caring sort. Even at her young age of seven, she cared deeply for animals and upon seeing this poor crow, as she called it, she shed a tear. Julia was far too young to realize this thing meant harm. However, I and the other children instinctively knew better and avoided this thing like the plague. It seemed to stare at my sister intensely, fixing a stern gaze upon her, drinking in her image, its eyes weeping, tears of blood. There, there, poor bird. Are you poorly sick? She said, reaching out a tentative, caring hand towards its hideous, diseased form. And the bird flew away, up into the heavens, its harsh caw echoing around us as if the bird was chuckling. This was our first encounter, and I wish to never see it again. However, the next day it showed up again. This time we were playing football and the hideous crow swooped down from nowhere in front of me. I still remember falling over as it swooped so close. It nearly struck me down. Julia laughed, but I was not amused as the crow quickly skipped beside her and again began to call. It must be hungry, she said, before wandering off into our house to collect some bread to feed it. And all the while, the crow just stood there watching her closely, her every step until she disappeared into our home. Then the hideous creature turned its gaze on me, its blood-red eyes boring into me as if trying to penetrate my very soul. I looked around and all our friends had gone back into their homes. I was suddenly alone now with this horrifying creature and its evil glare. I could never hold eye contact with that evil thing for its red eyes seemed to stare into my soul with what I can only describe as murderous intent. It could only have been moments, but it felt much longer. Then Julia returned to feed the hideous looking thing some bread. It ate it delightfully, cawing thankfully, which made her giggle. Julia had real sympathy for the bird. Then the creature flew off again, chuckling into the sky with that now familiar, rasping core. I hate it. And over the next couple of weeks, that same unhealthy crow kept on returning. <laughs> Sooner or later, Julia decided to nickname this bird Red, because
because of its demonic eyes. I remember arguing with her about the thing, saying it was diseased, monstrous and evil. But she always got angry at me, said that I was uncaring for the crow and that the poor thing had obviously been through a lot. There was no getting through to her. Every day that bird grew closer and closer to her, while it strayed further and further away from me, viewing me with suspicion. These encounters with the red-eyed crow left me with many nightmares. One I remember in particular, where the crow was giant in size. It chased me through a forest before snatching me up and tearing me apart in an agonizing display of blood and guts. I'd wake screaming. Other nightmares involved the crow standing in nothing but a black void, cawing louder and louder with that awful harsh sound, breaking the silence until its rasping core became frighteningly loud and anxiety-inducing, with nowhere for me to run or escape. Just the blackness of this void. Just me and it, cawing at me, its blood-red eyes staring at me from the darkness. I had others where the crow would peck my eyes out, awakening me from my sleep as it snuck into our bedroom to begin feasting on my sister and I, sinew by sinew like pulled pork. Foolishly, I disregarded these nightmares as simply that. Nightmares. I did not heed their warning. I did not believe they were telling me of the dangers that were surely to come. Oh, I wish I had taken them seriously. Maybe I could have killed that bloody thing. I should have told my parents about it and they could have done something to stop it from hurting us. Yet these thoughts did not occur to me at the time as I was left completely dumbfounded as to how I was supposed to get rid of this evil creature or my sister's affection for it. One morning, my nightmares came true. We were awoken by the sound of a loud, relentless knocking on our bedroom window. Me and Julia both awoke in fear, although Julia soon began to giggle. For the crow was at our window, pecking at the glass, bopping its head left to right as if performing a silly dance that she found amusing. Yet I was disturbed by the creature's intelligence. How did it know we would be in this bedroom? Had it been stalking us? That thought still scares me to this very day. Somehow this crow appeared at the window to be smiling, and even its cause sounded similar to laughter and this amused my sister greatly. Look, she said, Red wants to play. 
I was far too tired to care. Yet I was also disgusted by this foul thing. This must have been the crack of dawn too. And the last thing I wanted to do was go outside while it was still cold and play around with that horrible, disturbing thing. Go play with Reg yourself, I snapped foolishly. Yet Julia kept begging me, pleading with me to go outside and play whatever silly games this ghastly crow wanted to play. The last thing I said to her, or more accurately, shouted at her. I don't care about you or your stupid bloody bird, okay? Just leave me alone. I was frightened. And with this, she stormed out of the room and that was the last I ever saw of her. Alive, at least. I fell back asleep. Although my snooze did not last long. I was awoken by a loud, deafening horn that beeped in our street, followed by a horror-filled scream. My sister's scream, the squeal of breaking wheels, and then a grotesque squelch I wish I could forget. I threw off my blanket, got changed quickly, and ran out into the street in a fit of panic. There, before me, where we always used to play our silly games was a sight of terror and disaster. The evil crow had pulled a devilish trick upon my sister, as it must have flown across the street, as a hideously large lorry had crashed into a streetlight, bending it almost in half. And upon the broken metal of this ruin, there was blood splatter and gore, and my sister's pyjamas ripped to shreds across the oil-soaked ground. I looked around, desperate to catch sight of my sister, hoping that she wasn't caught under any of this. And then I caught sight of my parents, kneeling above Julia, on the ground. I could no longer look, fearing the very worst. Was she dead? Then suddenly I heard her voice, more of an agonized cough than a cry. Whilst up above, I could still hear the crow cawing in what felt like absolute glee. My sister was somehow still clinging to life. Yet the crow was intent on finishing the job. I shook myself for my fear-filled paralysis and raced to her and my parents' aid. And in that moment, the crow spun around at a frightening speed and flew straight at me. I was petrified. Looking up, I could see the grotesque sight of my sister's bloodied eye held firmly in its beak. To my horror, it dropped her eyeball as it neared me, opening its talon as it attacked, 
and soon my vision was a bloody mess of gore as it knocked me to the ground, its sharp talons tearing into me, its razor-sharp beak slashing at my flesh. I could feel the crow's talons reach into my eye sockets and pull them out, one by one, until I was left blind. The agony and pain more than you can possibly imagine or I can describe. I soon collapsed, and all I can remember hearing before I truly fell unconscious was the wounded cries and screams of Julia, whilst the crow's triumphant, ever-loudening call echoed across the skies. I still hear it now, in my waking hours and my sleep haunting my nightmares. I had survived this attack by the crow, seeming to spare me for whatever reason, perhaps in the knowledge that I would have to live with the torment that came with the horrors I had witnessed and was powerless to stop. Part of me wishes it had finished the job on me. For the life of a blind man is not easy. Other days I am grateful to God or my guardian angel or whoever it was that sent the bird away and spared my life. My sister Julia had not been so lucky. We soon held a funeral for her. Despite my injuries and my family's grief. At the time, I was barely able to comprehend what had happened to us, the darkness my life had been thrust into, forever blind, never to see the sunrise or set, to witness the beauty of a star filled sky, to see my parents' faces again. to suffer the loss, the agonizing loss of my sister, Julia. At my sister's graveside, I remember feeling that overwhelming sense of numbness and in the midst of so much emotional turmoil and confusion, I could feel the crow's presence looming over my sister's graveside from the trees high above. Wave upon wave of shivers shot down my spine. I felt hopeless, helpless. I began to sob. The loss of my sister Julia was too large a burden, and beyond the feeling of loss, a dreaded evil was looming menacingly over me. The evil crow chuckling above. After her funeral, that devilish bird would then leave my family and I for some time. However, Five years later, in 1994, the monster would return, or at least what I thought was the same being, for my blindness cannot tell you 
if it was by sight. Yet I know its presence far too well, and that cawing, which sounds like sadistic laughter, it cannot be mimicked by any other bird. Over the years I had found the loss of my sister difficult to reconcile. Feeling that I should have done more to warn her against the evil I felt inside of this crow that pecked in our window that fateful morning. I was also struggling to adjust to the prospect of a life without sight. Being a blind teenager in a school wasn't easy. Constantly teased about the things like never knowing the sight of a beautiful woman or just subjected to the physical cruelty of horrible teenage boys who bullied me, kicked away my walking stick and swept away my glasses so that they could look at my face, revealing my scarred eyes, making fun of the holes in my eye sockets that once held beautiful sight. And my torment was about to deepen with the return of the crow. It was a calm, sunny afternoon as my parents drove me away from school on this day. I'll never forget it, no matter how hard I try. This memory sticks like glue, never leaving my mind. It has left me with night terrors so fierce, I have hid myself bloody within my own sleep. In my waking hours, I get furious or depressed and afraid. The thoughts never leave me. Yet I must tell you this story because it is of the utmost importance that you know this. And please forgive me, for I cannot describe to you how it happened as I could not see. I'm aware that it was a sunny day and we drove through the English countryside as my parents had been commenting on the delightful weather. And from what felt like a peaceful, relaxing drive home was soon turned into the horror of horrors as my parents crashed our car. The impact was sudden. I can still hear the sudden squeal of brakes and burning rubber on the road. My seatbelt was not on correctly and I flew forward, smashing my head through the windscreen as my mother and father both screamed. The car rolled once, maybe twice, and I was thrown free of the vehicle in what was moments of violent chaos. And just as suddenly as it had started, the screaming stopped. Everything fell into silence. I could not see. And now I could not move. My legs no longer responded when I needed them to. Mother! Father! I called. They did not reply. Then returned the sound of the evil crow. I seemed to sense it before I could hear its dreadful call. That rasping, spiteful, spine-tingling caw. And I knew it had returned. 
I called to my parents once more, but they did not reply. I feared it was about to happen, but I did not want to believe it. Blind, unable to see, I was totally helpless. The best I could do was scream. And so I did, screaming with all my might in the hope of either waking my parents or alerting some help. Suddenly, my parents awoke. My father was weakly calling my name, trying to reassure me, to calm me down, ease my fears that both he and my mother were still alive and would survive this dreadful accident. But somehow, I knew different. I could hear the evil, rasping chuckle of the murderous crow drawing closer. Then I heard the flapping of its dreaded wings before a loud scream unleashed from my father. I called out to him in hope. I could hear something digging into his chest. Above the horrific sound of my mother and my father both screaming. Above the birds cawing that rang ungodly loud, deafening my ears. It was the Red Crow. In the darkness of my scarred sight, I could hear the bird attacking my mother and father, ripping at their flesh as they lay helpless, trapped, injured, their screams of mercy piercing my very soul. I pleaded with them to fight, fight it. You have to kill it, I implored, fight. But their screams deafened mine, and then all at once, their screams came to an end. First my father stopped, then my mother, and then there was only silence. The crow rasped and chuckled nearby. I could hear it draw near, almost hear its breathing, the fluttering of a dreaded wing, that rasping core. I cowered, fearing an assault, and then... All at once, it took to the skies and was gone. Hours seemed to pass in the shattering silence. My parents both lay dead. The crow, for whatever reason, had spared my life, leaving me to live on with the scars my parents' dying screams had left. Why, I do not know. Maybe it felt that this was a greater torment, destroying my life by taking those that loved me most, leaving me alone in a world of darkness. The car crash, which I suspect the crow somehow orchestrated, had injured my leg so badly that I can now no longer walk. Police presumed my parents only died from the injuries caused by the impact of the crash, which left them disfigured and bloody. They believed I survived only because I was thrown from the car. Naturally, they didn't believe my story about the evil crow. Now I spend the last of my days in a care home. I am blind, wheelchair-bound, and completely alone. I have suffered the curse of the red-eyed crow.
And this is exactly why I tell you this tale. This is a warning. My own way of telling you to keep a lookout for this insidious monster. If it holds a grudge on you, you'll face a fate far worse than death. If ever you see a black crow with red eyes that stands on one lone talon and with a cawing sound like laughter, if ever you encounter a crow that looks diseased, filthy and grotesque, like it should be dead yet still living, if you so much as feel an evil presence looming over you from the trees high above, just run. Do not hesitate. Do not second guess. If you see this monstrous thing, get away while you can. Because you'll never be rid of it once you enter communion with its diabolical soul. It will stalk your every move. If you're lucky, it will devour you alive, ending your life painfully and slowly. My name is Daniel Harley, and my life has been cursed by a demon. Daniel Harley was found dead last month, despite his disabilities. He had managed to hang himself with a belt on a bedside post in his room. When the care home staff found his body, they were saddened. Despite how mean, cold and distant he could be, everybody liked Daniel Harley. They felt sorry for him, as his mental health was a consistent challenge and his background, utterly tragic. He left no note, but despite being blind, he had scrawled on the wall next to his bed, Beware the knowing crow. This message haunted the coroner's team that came to remove the body. As they bagged up his corpse for removal, there was a pecking at the bedroom window. There, looking in at them, was a diseased-looking crow, its bones protruding through its shabby feathers, its eyes the deepest red, and bleeding tears of blood. <laughs> 